I just love testimonies. I love life change stories because they really do just give us just so much hope and it helps us. Maybe you're having a day where you're just feeling discouraged. When we hear life change stories, it, it, it really gives us that oxygen shot you know, just to keep going, to keep breathing, to keep taking that next right step. And so I'm excited for today's uh, podcast because uh, of all the topics that we share, life change stories are my favorite. And today is another uh, God moment, a miracle as we hear a life change story from our brother JP on today's podcast. Welcome to Hope and Recovery, a Fellowship Celebrate Recovery podcast that shares hope and healing for our mental, spiritual, and emotional relational journey through life change stories and recovery topics, all centered around the Beatitudes and the Celebrate Recovery principles where Jesus implores us, invites us to walk through this process of facing our hurts, to face the lies that get us hung up, how we see ourselves, God and others, and even our circumstances. And those nasty uh, numbing agents, those habits that get us stuck and take us away from God's purpose that ultimately create broken relationships so that we can repair those and and walk and move forward uh, and not walk in that shame any longer. I'm a grateful believer in Jesus Christ. I struggle with drugs and alcohol and perfectionism. My name is Rodney. I'm the uh, Celebrate Recovery Pastor at Fellowship Bible Church, Celebrate Recovery here in Rogers. And I just want to say welcome. So, so glad that you're here with us today. I've invited on, he's uh, courageously agreed to come on and be a part of this conversation, JP. JP is uh, a part of Compassion Church in Wichita Falls, Texas. And his group meets on Monday nights at 7 p.m. If you're in the Wichita Falls, uh, Texas area, I know that they would love to have you uh, join them. But JP, welcome, man. So glad to have you with us today, man. Hello, Rodney. I'm a grateful believer in Jesus Christ who struggles with drugs and alcohol. And I grew up in family dysfunction. My name is John Paul. Hi, everybody. Good to have you with us, brother. And and yeah, he's John Paul, and we call him JP. So if you hear me, JP, you know what, why I'm calling him that. But so JP, um, I, I, I'm, thanks for coming and having this conversation, man. Just can you paint a picture? Just jumping right in. What did what did life before recovery look like? Can you kind of give us a, a Cliff Notes version of what what life? Just so we have a sense of the turmoil, the 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 misery, the the stuff that was going on in your life. What did life look like in JP's life? Uh, life before recovery uh, involved drugs, alcohol, and um, involved heartbreak. It involved jail. It involved um, dysfunctional family uh, upbringing. Um, you know, separation from my parents um, as a child in um, Juvie Hall, hmm. and that was pretty much it. Um, and running, running um, wild. Yeah. So, what was it that? Um you know, and I, maybe through this frame, you know, you know, we learn early in our life or sometimes late in life, but oftentimes early in our life uh, through some, some trauma of some sort, but we learn uh, that people could fail us. People could hurt us. We learn that we live in a broken world. When, when did you first learn that, that people could hurt you or that life could be hard in this broken world? What, what did that look like for you, man? I think the first time that I actually uh, realized that people could hurt me was probably um, 
as a child, um, when CPS, Child Protective Services, came in and uh, removed us from our home. Mm. And you have how many and, siblings? Uh, how many siblings do you have? I'm the oldest of five. Oh, wow. So they just took yeah. you, or did they take all of your siblings? They, they, they took all, all of us. Um, um, they removed us from our home. Um, wow. Th- we had been left left uh, unattended for, I don't know, four or five days. Wow. Um, and now, there's, a story, there's a story behind all that. Yeah. Were your parents addicts as well, JP? My stepfather, he... Um, he was a drug. Yeah, he he, he was uh, involved in drugs. Uh, he sold it and used it. And eventually, uh, it really spun out of control. And and my mom, you know, was right there by his side. And he ended up um, breaking some laws and ended up being on the run. He uh, mm-hmm. when I first met him, he uh, had come out of prison. And wow. uh, you know, yeah. So you had a tough start. It- yeah, so turmoil, addictions, you know, that's what's being modeled for you. Uh, CPS comes in. Were you separated from your siblings, or did you all get placed in the same spot, or what did that look like? Well, I have a brother that's one year younger than me. He uh, he and I, we were teenagers. Well, I was probably 13, 12. I was 12. Hmm. He was 11. Uh, they put us in a in a teen shelter, and my younger siblings went, to, went into foster care. Hmm. Wow. So, man, just yeah. that by itself, I mean, forget about, the, you know, just having addictions in the home and being left alone, just kind of being uprooted from what was home, even though it was dysfunctional. That can be scary, man. I mean, what, what was that like yeah. for JP, man? That, that seems pretty overwhelming for me as I'm kind of taking this in. What was that like for you, man? There was a lot of anger uh, toward my father, my my father who was who was not around. Um, they, CPS eventually got a hold of him, and he was living with my with my grandmother, his mother, mm. and placed us into his care. And uh, I was angry with my father, you know, for not being there. And you know, it was really hard, really difficult for both of us. Um, you know, I, I was defiant and, you know, I blamed everything on him and not, you know, and in my eyes, my mother, you know, she, she had done wrong, but I, I, I was in denial about it, you know, and she actually just followed my stepfather wherever he went. And, and that's what it was. And she, uh, it, it got from her leaving with my stepfather and said, Hey, we'll be back tonight. And, um, Later on, getting a call at night. Hey, we'll be back tomorrow, and then I get a follow up call. Mom, are, are, are y'all coming home tonight? It'll be it'll be another day. Something came up, and it just went on like for four or five days until wow. again somebody called. Yeah. Wow, dude. Yeah. I mean, that's that's hard yeah. for anyone. You're 13. <laughs> I mean, that, yeah. So are you kind of are you kind of serving as that kind of that shepherd for your siblings or did you kind of take on that role as parenting them in that season or, or who, who kind of filled that role, man? I, I did. I, I, um, and during that time, and I said three to four days, it was probably seven days. I, I just, mm. you know, um, and I just remember sending my, my siblings, getting them ready for school in the morning, getting them ready. And you're saying, is, is mommy called? Um, no, I'm waiting on. She's going to call tonight. She she should be home. You know, and they'd get home from school. We'd all get home from school. And is Mama here? No, wow. she's not here yet, sweetie. Yeah. Wow, and, and and I can't I can't let this just 
kind of be a drive-by kind of thought here. You're 13 years old, and you're yeah. you're doing very adult things, right? Even trying to console, is mommy here? No, sweetie, she's not here. I mean, that, yeah. that's very... So there's a level here where you you were kind of thrown in, kind of parentified a little bit to, in a role that was not yours to carry, but you were forced to be a parent at 13 years old to shepherd your siblings so that they wouldn't kind of uh, carry this anxiety, I'm guessing. I mean, that's a lot you're carrying, not just your own pain of mom not being around, yeah. but but your siblings. Is, am I saying that right? Yeah. Yeah, you're hitting it right on the nail right there. Wow. And, um, you know, I just, you know, I didn't have all the answers. And um, during that time, I was actually, you know, the kids would be home, and um, I'd go hang out with my friends down the street, and I ended up getting in trouble during that time. Um, I'd already, prior to uh, that CPS coming in, I'd already been arrested for fighting. They took me, I was in seventh grade, they took me out of class, slapped handcuffs on me in the hallway, and, um, you know, took wow. me into the jail. I'd gotten into a fight with, with another kid on another campus, busted his nose. And, you know, I was, I was angry, you know, during that time of my life. I was angry at a lot of things. I look back at it going through my, doing my step work. Yeah. I saw, I saw everything right there on paper. Wow. So, yeah, I would imagine there's a sense of rejection, abandonment, um, a lot of hurt, you failed me, Dad. What? Where were you? You should have been there for me. And so you you've learned these things about about people and your your family is, is your greatest example of that. And it's not a good example. You're trying to parent your your siblings. You're dealing with your own pain that you probably don't have space to process as a 13 year old because you got to take care of your siblings. So all this is kind of getting shoved down into your own heart, and it feels like this volcano that's coming out in anger and fighting and violence. Is that right? That's it right there, yeah. Wow. So so when did when did addictions start to enter your life, bro? I mean, seventh grade, you got handcuffs slapped on you. Are you already using at this point, or did that come later? Yeah, actually, when I was in the sixth grade, my stepfather, he uh, caught me stealing some of his weed. He used to sell weed, and um, I was scoring to, uh, you know, make get earn points with the older kids. And um, you know, he he got on to me about it, and he says, "Hey, he says, you know, you wanna, you, so you wanna be grown? Okay, all right. Um, when I smoke, you smoke. You don't have to steal from me." So every from that point forward, I was smoking weed with him. Um, if he was drinking, I was drinking with him. Um, you know, he'd mix a little drink and I'd sip. We'd go into a drug house to drug house and um, he'd prop, he'd proposition uh, prostitutes right in front of me. You know, oh, um, he'd pull up to, to a corner and he'd, he'd, you know, he'd talk about sex. And, you know, at one point I remember a lady standing out there. She looks into the car and she says, is, is that your son? She and was shocked. She was shocked, yes. <laughs> you know, and the eye contact, you know, and, and um, you know, she had this look on her face like, what in the world is going on here? She she even looked like she was second-guessing what she was doing out there. I shouldn't be here. Now, that's a pretty big statement. Yeah. I mean, the, yeah. the prostitute is second-guessing, yeah. like, you know, oh, my gosh, what are you doing? That's your son. <laughs> so yeah. you're sixth grade at that point. 
yeah, so your stepdad is introducing you to things that you shouldn't be introduced to. You start smoking weed, and you've got all this pent-up emotion sitting in your heart and in your thoughts, man. Where do you go from there, man? Seventh grade, and now we're moving forward. Uh, tell me, tell me what that next season of your life looks like. Sounds like it's a hard road ahead of you. From the point of uh, before, prior to uh, CPS, seventh grade, uh, I remember. You know the drug, the drug usage got got worse for my stepfather, and uh, when, you know he would take me to. Um, case out some places you know to go rob people you know and um you know wanted me to be the getaway driver and i don't even know i barely know how to drive (laughs) barely and um, and and i I remember yeah and and i remember being terrified you know and um you know half the time he'd be drunk and i remember another time you know we went and broke into a a house you know i'm a kid and i'm 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 being the lookout and this is the house of uh my my little sister's friend who she used to play with the mother had taken her daughter out to go sell school candy and um you know it was down the street from where we lived and i remember being a lookout you know in that situation you know walking into a house taking stuff going making several trips back and forth you know i i even remember taking um a can opener because we didn't have a can opener at home you know that later on would yeah, that later on would be part of my, uh, um, you know, would be go on my list right there. Mm-hmm. That right there, the, uh, yeah. the can opener. Wow. Yeah. So, man, yeah, I mean, I'm sure our listeners, you know, this is a lot to take in. It's kind yeah. of, it's, 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 it's amazing as I look at you, man, like, you know, I say this to my kids. I don't even know who you are anymore, right? <laughs> like, I'm looking at you, yeah. going, man. I don't even know who you are in that place. Yeah. I mean, because that's not who you are. And so, just holding that gets me through this conversation, right? Because it it can feel like, oh, this is heavy. It's like if I don't know, there's a light at the end of this story. This is heavy. I mean, nobody should have to go through what you went through, but you're thrown into very adult wrong choices here and now now you're kind of growing into a teenager and you're trying to figure out life um take me through that now you're you've see you know cps has separated or you know pulled you into this new world uprooted from your home what what's happening now man what where's that going in your life now what's happening yes so at, at that point, you know, I had a lot of anger toward my father, and, and we bumped heads a lot. I loved my father deep down inside, but I, you know, I had a lot of anger. And um, so things started getting better, um, you know, and my mom would come and visit, you know, um, Ray, uh, my stepfather. He um, he was on a run. He ended up getting going back to prison. And I just remember things were getting a little bit better, and then my father who's also um, an addiction, he um, he ends up getting arrested and um, ends up going to prison. So this leaves my grandmother, who's, you know, who, who she was caring for us, but it was a lot for her, you know? That was a lot for her, you know? And for yeah, sure. so CPS eventually, uh, my mother, she, you know, found a house and, and fully furnished it and, and, and complied and was doing all the right things. She really, you know, she really, there was a turnaround and my mom got better. And, um, and I just remember 
um, being placed back into my mom's care. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, and, and on the opposite side of town and big, nice house, nicer, the nicest house we ever lived in. And my mother was, you know, we were happy. And Ray, uh, my stepfather even got, he, he was even released, you know, but 11 days after he was released, he was, uh, he was killed. Mm. He, he had, um, he, he was found uh, directly across from one of those places that he would take them to go and try to rob people. Um, wow. He'd been shot twice and he, he had a gun on him when they found him. Oh my goodness. Wow. And that was, I was uh, 14 going on 15. It was a week before my 15th birthday. And I just remember that time in my life. First time that, huge uh that traumatic ever happening in my life so there's a numbness yeah 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 a numbness and probably i mean just kind of thinking about even my own story and kind of the tendencies a desire to numb right so you feel numb by the the trauma the significant events that are happening in your life your family of origin and i'm guessing there's kind of this this narrative now there's a lot of hurt here that feels like it's too much to deal with yes yeah and my teenage year my teenage years were a blur i i drank a lot um i started using cocaine at 17 hmm. um I, I ran with you know all of my friends were gang members um you know i never was officially jumped into a gang you know and, but i was always there and and if something was jumping off you know i'd be in the mix with them and uh by the Age, I, I think 21, 22, I was, uh, we ha- we got raided at, at, at a house party at my house, and um, there were probably like 35 gang members there, and we all got uh, pictures taken of us. We got put up on the wall, and, and they classified me as a gang member wow. uh, during that time. Goodness. Yeah. Man, yeah, that's a lot, dude. So I want I want to I want to continue this conversation. I want to take a quick break right here, JP. I mean, this is powerful stuff, uh, hard stuff to hear. Uh, if you're listening and you're taking this in, just know there is a light at the end of this uh, this story, and that's what makes this uh, a powerful conversation. So, talking with JP and and just hearing um, his his God's story and it's God's story just working through JP. And so, I, I want to continue that conversation. Take a quick break. When we come back, we'll continue with our brother JP. Uh, uh, just on his amazing uh, life change story. So stick with us. We'll be right back to continue the conversation. Hey, friends, if you're looking for a meeting, Fellowship Fayetteville, Fellowship Rogers Celebrate Recovery, we meet every single Friday night, 6 p.m. for Connection Cafe Meal. It's a great meal. Our team does a wonderful job. And then 7 p.m., our general meeting starts, and and we have encouragement with testimony and lessons to help you to uh, encourage you along your road to recovery. Hey, come join us. If you want more information, go to fellowshipcr.org, and we'd love to have you join us this Friday night. Come see us. You won't regret it. Welcome back. Talking with my brother. I consider him a friend, uh, JP, and um, I'm just blown away listening to his story. Um, so, so JP, right before we went to break, you were talking about just the, the life uh, that you're living now. Now you're kind of classified. You're kind of lumped in as a gang member. Um, you're there's a sense of this identity that you're walking in and through. I'm guessing you don't know Christ at this time. Uh, I actually knew. 
I actually knew who Jesus was. Um, when we were kids, my mother would send us uh, to church on a wow. church bus. So I learned scripture early on as a, as a child. Um, and at 14, I think, no, I was 15 years old. I, I accepted Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior wow. at, a, at a youth function. Um, wow. Yeah. So you know Jesus. He's living in your heart. I and mean, this is good for, for our listeners, too, that may be a follower of Christ and they've just found themselves making you know some choices and they're in the, the ditch, so to speak, that there's hope for you, too. So you know Christ, but you're not following him. You, you're, you're in this bad lifestyle. You're following addictions. You're around some really bad people in this really miserable, lifeless, hopeless lifestyle. When did that begin to become a revelation? Uh, how old were you when you came to that realization that something's got to change? When did that pain become greater than your fear of change, as we say? I went through my 20s, uh, drinking, um, blackouts, you know, the things that come along with, with, with alcoholism. Mm. Um, and uh, I remember putting the bottle down at the age of 30, becoming a father, um, only to pick up uh, opiates um, had a prescription that was given to me uh, once a month, and that lasted for ten years. I, that was a wild roller coaster, and, it, and it, you know, I took from people, I lied, I cheated, I stole, um, I, and that's still, um, you know, the things, the damage, all that stuff that comes with it uh, continued. I put that down, yeah, and um, I ended up picking up methamphetamines, selling and using, and I ended up eventually ended up being homeless out in the street, you know, at the age of 40, 40 wow. years old. 40, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Wow, so it went from bad to worse. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, yeah. So what was, the, what was the breaking point, man? You're homeless. Was that your bottom, as we talk about in recovery, where it was like I've, my head hit the pavement? Ugh, this is enough. Yeah, I, yeah. I I was separated from uh, from my my two sons. Um, I have four children now. But at the time, uh, you know, I had a son uh, that's eight years old, and the other he was five years old. And I, and I missed him so much. And I knew I was doing wrong being on the other side of town. Mm -hmm. I know, you know. Imagine the damage that that causes. Unintentional damage. You know, I'm I'm hurting. You know, yeah. these little ones. You're wondering why I'm, and here we are, uh, face to face with the same stuff that I I dealt with as a child. Yeah, and that's when 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 it start when when I felt the the spirit start speaking yeah. to me. So had you been showing me things? Were you married at that point? You had kids, but had you ever been married to that point? I had not been married. Uh, okay, up okay. To this point. So you got your kids. Yeah. You're you're grieving that kind of separation and disconnection from them. And God begins working on you. To, how did how did that come to fruition? How did the, you even get introduced to that? Was there somebody that entered the picture that began to speak that truth, or how did that how did that all come together in the the Holy Spirit kind of tapping you on the shoulder in that space? I ended up leaving a, a, a buddy's house. I'd already expressed a desire to want to quit, and um, I remember I left I left him with the dope that we that I had, and I said, "Here, I'm I'm done." And, you know, and he knew exactly what I was talking about when he saw me get up and I walked out the door and I walked straight to uh, straight across town. I walked across town to a, a local shelter, Salvation Army. Hmm. And um, I began to process, uh, uh, you know, uh, I eventually became a programmer there 
and um, was introduced to the church that I'm currently going to. And, um, you know, I started serving. And then um, one night we're sitting in a, in a chow hall and there's a cadet in training at Salvation Army who's eating with us. Um, and this guy and I, we, we had hit it off so much. Uh, you know, he was from the area I was from in Dallas. And, uh, you know, we actually knew people that, you know, I'm like, we worked in a, I worked in litigation support for a little bit in my twenties, and he uh, he he knew all the people around you. And then he leans over to me and he says, "Hey, is there a celebrate? Do you guys have a celebrate recovery here, uh, anywhere here in Wichita Falls?" And I remembered, and I was like, "Hey, um, the church that I'm going to, they have something called a, a cele- celebration recovery." He says, "No, celebrate recovery. <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah. yeah." He says, "Well, if you if you point, if you tell me where it's at," and he goes, "I'll take you." And wow. we ended up going. Yeah. I remember up to that point, I'd only been to AA and NA. Yeah. And to hear the steps and the biblical comparisons, I was blown away. And I was like, this is where I need to be. Wow. And that's where it started. Yeah. Yeah. So you walk, you walk to your first meeting, man. What can you take me through? Because I know there's always a lot of anxiety to get through the door that first visit that we talk about the long walk from the parking lot in the front door. <laughs> was that a long, hard walk or was it easy? I'm ready. Or what, what was your heart in that space? man it was it just came naturally uh, uh for me uh, you know because I, one i was already established in that church mm. uh, and and you know they had announced hey uh don't forget we have celebrate recovery on monday nights and you know and it was a small gathering back then you know it has really grown since but that those those were the 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 early days the humble beginnings for me in regards to uh celebrate recovery and and going to meetings and you know Mm. getting well and yeah yeah so yeah so i want to kind of walk through that man so you're in celebrate recovery you get into a step study you're going to open share what did god teach you through the small group experiences in celebrate recovery man what did you learn about yourself is it related back to all that that mess that you're talking about uh, one uh, um, one thing I learned up front was that um, I needed to listen. Mm. I I wasn't a good listener, and uh, you know I was I was so used to always trying to handle business for my my younger siblings or for whoever you know that that became a, a habit, a control, you know, um, and I just remember being able to for once to stop and listen to others and relate and i began to relate to to these other men that were hurting and that were dealing with similar things some of them had unique situations that they were sharing that made made me you know almost forget about what i was there for Hmm. and um that's that's what when god started stirring even more within my heart with the holy spirit just started moving more and more Hmm. i learned that uh that that not everything was my fault. Mm. You know, I learned how to forgive. I learned, um, I, I learned and I realized the very mistakes that I made with my children. My mother had done the same things. Mm. And I know that I didn't intend to harm my children. Yeah. And I understood that my mother never went out with the intentions, hey, I'm going to leave these kids here for wow. seven days, you know? Man, that's so that's so big. I'm so glad you're saying that, man, because 
this process is not about blaming our past. It's not about blaming. That's the beautiful thing is it focuses us on us, right? The I am me statement is one of our guidelines. And I love that, that it sounds like what you're saying. Tell me if I'm wrong, but it kind of invoked a a greater sense of appreciation and empathy for your mom's struggles and why she did, even if it was bad things or wrong things or unhealthy, a greater understanding of why you were seeing the things that you were seeing from your mom. Yeah. Bingo right there. Um, It's exactly what you just said. And on top of that, my mother had to watch me go through my mess and it hurt her so much. And I can only imagine. I never had I, I I never crawled inside my mom's brain, but I can only imagine, you know, what she may have, you know, thought to herself. Maybe I shouldn't, you know, you know, you know how, how your past comes and starts talking to you. Well, you did it too, mm. you know. You know, you who are you to try to steer him in the right direction? You did it to him. Oh. You know, and I, you know, and I wonder those things. So I'm very sensitive to, you know, to, you know, even bringing that up. We've had our conversations about it, um, and wow. you know, I, I, in many ways, I've let my mother know that I love her, and she knows I love her. She loves me. I'm her child, no. um, and that I, I forgive her, and and she can forgive herself. Hmm. You know, she's holding on to anything, mom. It's okay it's okay to let yourself off the hook. <laughs> wow. Man, yeah. that, that's so huge. And, and I'm glad you made, you know, you brought that to the light in, in your mom's shame that, mm-hmm. you know, the enemy does that to all of us. Like who, who do you think you are? Right. Mm-hmm. You did this too. And, mm-hmm. and who are you to come alongside your son? Because, you know, you did it yourself, right. And the shame messages, but, but I love that in your hurt and your recovery, you were able to kind of come full circle back to her to speak truth in her lies. And together, now we're walking through this recovery journey toward healing and grace and mercy that the Celebrate Recovery is based on. What's that done for your mom in this space, man? You said we we're able to forgive each other and, and there's lots of uh, you know grace in that. What's that done? What's that done for your mom's life? Watching you walk through this process to face the hurts, to to deal with the lies in your past, to to address the unhealthy numbing agents and habits that you've dealt with, and repair the relationships. How has that been a ripple effect to your mom and others in your life, man? It is. It's brought my mother uh, such peace to see uh, all that, that's going on in, in, in my life. Um, and in regards to others, people that knew me, um, people that run into me now and cannot believe that, that I'm a ministry leader, you know, at, at my church, or, you know, or that I'm even on the stage making a, an announcement that I'm at a church. Um, it, <laughs> yeah. it, it, just, it, just, it just gives them hope. Mm. It gives people hope. Hey, and I've, I've had people say, hey, if this guy right here can do it, and trust me, he was a mess. He was he was a mess. Yeah, um, let me tell you my you, story. <laughs> let, yes, yes. Wow. So God's not and that's wasting. The message. Yeah, He's not wasting the he's hurt not. in JP's life. But 
So how is he using you, man? I mean, you're obviously you're talking about standing on a, a church platform. Is like who to thunk that, right? The guys that's yeah. getting pictures right. with gang members, and uh, <laughs> you know, it's like, wait, what? Um, and what a beautiful yeah, it's like, picture. Um, it's, yeah, it's like um, you know, I, I, I also dealt with. Of course, you've heard me um, talk about anger. Um, you know, I've run into people, especially early in my recovery, and um, the looks on your face is like, did this guy just have a lobotomy? Here I am. Hey, brother. And, you know, give them a hug. And they're like, oh, man, I thought you were going to try to, uh, you know, run down for that money I owed you or whatever, you know. And uh, no, wow. brother, you know, just, you know, I want to invite you to, you know, w- whatever function was going on at the time. So, yeah. Wow. Um, I love change that. and transformation. <laughs> so God's using you to help other people. And, and I love that the people don't recognize you. It's like, wait who are you that what just happened right and and that's a that's a crazy good um i can't i think it was Lakato that said that hope is a zany unpredictable dependence on a god who loves to bless his kids and then just watching our amazement as he blesses our socks off right <laughs> it's like yeah zany unpredictable dependence that you're putting in god now is blessing your socks off, but also blessing other people's socks off that you're actually coming alongside. What a, what a wonderful picture of God's mercy and grace and forgiveness, right? Amen. Yeah. So man, what would you say? And man, you have an incredible story. We could, we could go probably another couple hours in this conversation, (laughs) but you've given us just a snippet and, and I'm so grateful. I know our listeners are man, just your vulnerability and just giving God glory for what he's done. But what would you say to somebody? Maybe they don't have addictions. Uh, Maybe they're just in a spot or maybe they do have addictions. It doesn't matter, but they're in a spot that they just feel hopeless. They feel like uh, life um, this is their destiny, that it's always going to be this bad, and maybe this is my track uh, to walk this path of misery. Uh, what would you say to encourage that listener that might be in a bad spot right now to give them some hope as they hear your voice, man? Uh, but to someone that is feeling hopeless, I wanted, I want to say, and I always, I usually do, I tell them, hey, um, there is hope. Look up, mm. pick your head up, look up to heaven, and and God has a plan for your life. He has a plan to prosper you. He has a he, he has a plan to give you a future and a hope. Um, what you see around you, God is above it all. Mm. And um, you know, I try to share a little inspiration. I might I might share a, a, a small story or, or or something you know real quick mm. to shift your mind. You know. I love that. I love that. Yeah. And I just, I want to encourage those either listening to JP's voice, hearing my voice right now, that you're not alone in this and uh, look up. I love that JP look up and, and just take a step, right? It's scary. Yeah. I, I always start, start, uh, I welcome the newcomers. Mm. I always welcome the newcomers, you know, and I tell them, Hey, uh, you know, from, I, I know I've been in the seat that you're in before. You know, you're uncertain, but you're here tonight. And I want you to know that Jesus loves you and you don't have to run anymore. Mm, I love That's how that. we open up. I love that. Yeah. Well, and I want to encourage our listeners to take that message to heart. 
because uh, you need to know Jesus loves you. So, JP, man, thanks, bro. I love your heart. I've already loved you before, but I love you. Love you, brother. And, uh, <laughs> appreciate your heart, and thanks for your vulnerability. And and uh, thank you for how God's using you there at Compassion Church in Wichita Falls, Texas. Uh, just a reminder, it meets on Monday nights at 7 p.m. And I know JP would love to have you join him on a Monday night uh, to be the yes. next first-time visitor. So. JP, thanks for being with us today, man. I appreciate your heart and, and thanks for having me. For how God's using you, brother. Love you. Thank brother. you, brother. Appreciate it. You bet. God bless. Well, I hope you are encouraged. I know I am. I, I love life change stories and, and love JP's heart. Knowing who he is and what God is doing in him uh, is incredible. But hearing his testimony just makes me love him that much more. And I hope it's encouraged you. I hope it's inspired you to keep going if you're on the road, uh, to keep fighting, or maybe to start this journey for the first time. Um, You're not alone. Jesus loves you exactly where you are, but he loves you too much to keep you there. And it's okay not to be okay. But let's let's do this together. Join us on a Friday night. Celebrate Recovery at Fellowship Fayetteville, Fellowship Rogers every single Friday night and join uh, millions of others that have walked this road of recoveries through the Celebrate Recovery uh, Celebrate Recovery principles based on the Beatitudes. Hey, thanks so much for being with us. I hope you're encouraged and I hope you'll join us next time. Until then, God bless you.